Hi, I'm Richard McCann. And I'm David Holt, and you are listening to the One Bias Podcast. On today's show, we have Katie Bull-McCook, who is an award-winning trainer, speaker and consultant, and was also a contestant on The Apprentice on BBC One. Katie discusses Bull's Fit, that is a programme specifically designed to work the muscle groups used in our sport, to benefit those who not only play the sport, but also those outside of the sport. We also discuss her time on The Apprentice and we find out a little bit about Lord Sugar, Karen Brady and Nick Hewer. We cover our World of Sports segment and our regular competition sponsored by Alex Marshall Sports, Balls as Balls and Link to Succeed. And we have a little bit of Balls chat as well as we're now so close to getting back on the green. Right, there we are again, mate. Show number 30. Our anniversary is Pearl. Now, the only thing that I can remember about Pearl would be Pearl's a singer by Elkie Brook in 1977 when I was 13. How old were you, mate? Minus one. Minus one. Would yes. you believe it? 1978. What a great year. Anyway, all systems go at the minute, mate. Balls is back, everybody. We're back on the green. And Balls England have uh, issued their return to play guidance, mate. Um, yes, they've obviously had to wait for DCMS, the government, to, to update with the guidance but it's great to have that out now so things are looking promising and there's a bit of structure to the season in place now yeah four step process the main thing is really if, if it's organised by your club you can exceed 24 well you can go to 24 I should say you can't exceed it yeah and and if it's not organised by your club unfortunately it's rule of six and it's limited to two households clubs have to still keep records of people who's going into the venue so that, that'll be might be something and the other thing is that they are supposed to display the NHS QR code. QR code, yeah. They've got the app now. Yeah. Now, what we'll do, we'll, we'll stick a link on our website and the Facebook where you, clubs can create their own. It's it's the government link, so so it's all all above board. But yeah, I mean, it, it's all good, mate. Yeah, and reading along the lines, um, you know, the leagues don't appear to be starting until a little bit later in the season, around about the June time. Um, for for the majority that I've seen, so I think that gives clubs a, a perfect opportunity to to get the house in order. Get get their existing members back and then can start a plan for the rest of the season and, and do some active recruitment at the same time. Yeah, but I think the, the key date is probably May the 17th where they allowed larger crowds at your club. So that's probably why you can exceed 24. Um, and obviously, fingers crossed, June the 21st when everything is lifted. Uh, yeah, it's it's all promising. But as always, I think we've just got to, we've got to take it step by step. And uh, like I say, I, I do think the main thing is, is just getting getting the clubs back and getting your existing members back and, and feel, making everybody feel welcome to the sport again. And Bowls England have confirmed the new format for the, the National Championships, etc. The Midland Cup, they're interested in the Midland Cup. John's Trophy is knocked out this year, mate. Yes, and personally, feedback I gave recently was for me, make a knockout full stop across the country. Like the FA Cup, bring it as a, you know, instead of playing these three games and having dead rubbers, which basically tend to wind people up because it's a game that they've got to play for because they've got to support the team, but there's better things that people could be doing in a game that doesn't. For me, open it up, worst case scenario, we've seen it 
played indoors. Shields played against Devon. We played down at Rugby, which is two and a half hour drive, something like that. Worst case scenario, meeting on a neutral green two and a half hours away, I don't think is uh, a major issue. Let's create the Middleton Cup as the as the FA Cup of football and let's just have it as a you know a knockout where every ball counts. And I know the regional things was brought in to save on costs and travel. Yeah, does it does it ultimately go on and traveling to three different games and playing three different expenses for your club for your county? Well, I suppose you'll add it up, it'll, it'll probably play yeah, yeah, it'll probably work out about even unless you're Carlisle and, and, and Lancashire who obviously travel uh travel. Well, I'm sure you know that you know we talked about to talk to Jason about that yeah. as well, and I'm sure that would be a, a more appealing prospect for for their counties because instead of them having to do three lots of potentially, you know, usually it's either two away and one home or vice versa. But you know, we've talked about how much of an impact that has on people's lives where they're not getting in until half past eleven at night, having been out most of the day. Just just make it a straight knockout. What's you know, you've got your local northern counties, people can play in that, um, or your Middleton counties or your southern counties. Let's let's make the Middleton Cup what it should be, which is the pinnacle team cup to win in the country, as far as the counties is concerned. There's one thing that's probably as bugged is we've been without outdoor bowlers for a, a good year now, and there seems to be this rush to get back, to get back. We've got to get back now. We've got to get back now. And for me, I, I would prefer, to, yeah, yeah, we'll get back, but but let's not rush it. You know, we've waited that long. Let's not so sort of like undo the good work that we've been doing. I, I agree. Uh, and for me, you know, the, the first couple of months have got to be get your get your house in order, make sure the club's completely safe, COVID safe, you've got yeah. everything in place. If you can get that base right first at the club and make it, you know, where it's a, it's a comfortable environment for everybody to have returned to and new people to come to, going to benefit more rather than itty-bitty new members coming along at the start of the season and being told, oh, I'm sorry, you can't play in this session because we're only allowed X amount on the green. It's not a great sort of entrance for anybody no. new coming into the sport, isn't it? For for all, there might be a little bit more understanding because of, because of COVID. But yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, Richie. I, yes, it's great to get back out, and you know, let's just let's just clubs opening on the 29th of March. I've never known an outdoor bowls club open on the 29th of March. Yeah. Give it to the, the the second steps comes up about the, April the 12th. Just get it, get your house in order April the 12th and, and open that week. You know what I mean? It's, it's just. Well, she may have been fired on The Apprentice, but she's definitely hired on here. We catch up with Katie Bulmacook. It's tennis balls and a star jump confession from one of us. Uh, and on today's show, we've got Katie Bulmacook. And I've got to say, it's really nice to actually not have a bowler on for a change and we're talking to somebody outside of bowls. I'm sure if you're interested, Katie, Richie might have a, an old grey skirt and a pair of brown tights that you can uh, <laughs> the starch hat as well <laughs> the white gloves <laughs> oh, you're fitting the trees but uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast but, um, Katie the primary obviously reason for you being on is to discuss something that we had a, had a discussion about I can't believe it's about four years ago now 2017 um, at the time I was obviously in the need of, of getting into shape uh, and obviously I've maintained that over the years because I'm, I'm an absolute temple as I sit here contact with you because I didn't know you but I saw on Facebook that you'd actually gone to the same school as my wife obviously we saw you on The Apprentice as well so for anybody listening Katie Katie is from my home city of Sunderland I called you just to have a little bit of a meeting and I ran something by you which I thought was going to be absolutely laughed at to be honest with you I 
I thought there was a, a little bit of mileage in it, but whether you would understand where I was coming from. And my thoughts came along the lines of, in a game of bowls, you will do X amount of lunges. You will pick a weight up, regardless of whether it's one and a half kilo ball. You're picking a weight up end after end. You're using your legs, you're using your core muscles. And, and I think I'd said to you that one thing I'd noticed whenever I had a break for maybe a week or two, I would come back and I'd be absolutely aching or just wouldn't feel the same as what I had when I'd been playing regular. Yeah. So I obviously approached you with that. So I think we'll touch on what was what was your first thoughts, Katie, when I actually approached you with this project about lawn balls? Well, I think you kind of thought that I would think I'm not sure about this, but you didn't know that balls had a history in my family. I didn't. And my until we started talking, and then you actually knew who my granddad was, didn't you? Joel Bulmer. And he used to bring home all these gigantic trophies, like these big gold trophies. Some things I think he won as an individual, some things I think he won as a, a team player. And I must have been about four or five. And if I sat on the floor, these trophies were bigger than me. So we have lots of happy memories in our family of balls. So there was a, a there was a natural interest there anyway. But I also think that it, it doesn't matter what sport you play, whether it's a high profile, high intensity sport or something that people would generally class as lighter in terms of intensity and it might not be something that's shown on Sky Sports every week. It, I think whether whatever you're playing, high intensity, low intensity, lots coverage or whatever there's always a need anybody whether they're they're playing at an amateur level or playing at a level that you play at Dave which like at a national and international level like there's always a need to support the sport with movements that are specific to that sport that are gonna keep you fit keep you healthy but make you fitter specifically for the sport you play so you're dead right there's a whole lot of lunging goes on in a game of balls you need um good core strength good core stability balance like you do need a level a good level of cardiovascular fitness as well because these games are long that's always been an interest of mine so straight away when when we started having that chat I was I was interested and it wasn't actually a sport that I'd ever written a program for before and I always like a challenge you did and you certainly (laughs) you certainly came up with the results and just to just to touch on Katie why I obviously approached you do you just want to give us a little bit of a background on yourself about obviously what you've done from leaving school and your career up to where you are well I can summarize like my whole career is just fitness (laughs) like I've never done anything else when I left school I, I did my fitness qualification straight away I've worked as a group fitness instructor, personal trainer. I had quite a varied career in fitness, probably a lot more varied than most in terms of things I've done. I've been lucky enough to travel all over the country, teaching classes to to different groups of people, educating my fellow fitness professionals and personal trainers. I've just had the opportunity to do so many things. I can't believe that I've been working in fitness since I was 16. Like I've just turned 35 and that to have a career in fitness that that long, it feels like a big achievement because there are a lot of people that come into our industry and, and don't stick around very long. And it's a career that tends to have a short lifespan. So yeah, if if there's some, if there's a role to have been filled in fitness and pretty much guarantee I'll have ticked that box <laughs> at some point. I think one thing I loved, I mean, as I touched on, we didn't really know each other before 
before we started to discuss um, the Bolts Fit program that we're going to we'll talk about, or the class, should I say. But one thing I loved was I actually went down to North Knotts Arena down in Workshop, and there is a gym within that arena. And the girl who was running that gym had actually gone in and just had a bit of a chat with her and said, oh, I was trying to put this together and I'm working with Kate and Paul McCook. And she was like, you're joking, you're joking. I've got a D, I've got a CDs, I've got a D. And I watched her and I... And I follow our classes and I, and I just thought, great, you watched all of The Apprentice when you were on there as well. And obviously, you know, you've, you've been involved in the fitness, you know, for the amount of years that you were. But to hear somebody sort of talking about you like that was just fantastic. Because I just thought, great, how lucky have I been to get somebody to be able to create what you've created for me um, and, and and what you put in place. So so from our discussions, Katie, we had that discussion and you said you were going to go away and, and put a class together. What were the things that basically we've touched on the, the areas that we cover so did you have an idea straight away as to what you were going to do to obviously put that in place yeah I knew that I needed it to be like accessible to everyone in more ways than one so it needed to be accessible to people of different ages uh, fitness abilities experience it needed to be something that everybody could get involved in but it also needed to be accessible in terms of equipment because it's great to see all these fitness classes that have all this amazing all singing all dancing kit but that definitely puts a limitation on where you can hold the class how many people you can have attend so and you I needed to keep it simple in terms of equipment the first thing I always do when I write a sport specific program is I look at the actual movements involved in the sport lunging is the obvious one you very rarely in what I would call a neutral position where your feet are side by side and everything's like well balanced and in well aligned so taking that into consideration was my first thing and I also wanted it to be fun I didn't want people to come in and think that they were actually going to play balls like I wanted it to be able to attract people who like play balls and want to be fit for their sport but I also wanted to be able to attract people who might just enjoy group fitness and that this might be maybe a gateway for them to get into playing balls so it needed to be something that was like multi-level and everybody could get involved with it. I think it's fair to say that when we did the class for the first time, like there were a few surprised faces, weren't there? It was. It was fantastic. And, and it was so good for me because, you know, just to give everybody an understanding, what we did to trial it, we actually got, we did two classes ultimately, didn't we? And I got a complete diverse range of ages and genders, etc., to come along and varied from athletes to bowlers to people who just do fitness on a, you know, regular or irregular basis people who want to get back into fitness and we got a really good group together if i if you know they were they were a fantastic group and and i walked in and i'm i'm thinking what's it going to be about and is it going to be a rolling balls and i, and I genuinely i had no idea but by god did i know about it when i'd finished it <laughs> i was like it was just fantastic and and the best part was everybody from um young william who i think was maybe 11 or 12 to a couple of our older guys sorry hendy shields and stevie cairns but they you know they you know of the, I'll, I'll not mention their ages but they're getting up there and they just loved it in there the smiles and the faces there was like moans and cries of like happy anguish in a lot of respects wasn't it yeah. and you know there was there's things that took place in the class which everybody walked out we you know i remember we were walking out like crabs at the end of it because we could barely walk breathe or whatever but it was all done and i know you've set the class up so that it's specific you can do it to whatever level you want haven't you yeah i try to incorporate um interval training which often when you mention interval training people go oh that's scary it's like high intensity stuff but it really doesn't have to be and um, i'm a big fan of interval 
individual training because you can have everybody working together but at their own at their own level so for example if I give everyone 40 seconds to do as many lunches as they can one person in the class might get 10 done someone else might get 20 someone else might get 30 but everybody's being able to work together and and feel like they're part of something it's always like a personal value of mine that nobody should ever feel like they're being held back and nobody should ever feel like they're being left behind and I think it was great that you got such a diverse group of people to come along age ranges fitness abilities experience in the sport because it did really show that anybody can take part and you can have your youngest fittest person working out against like next to your most unfit person and maybe your oldest person in the room but it's never highlighted during the class everyone's just getting on and to be fair to you as well Dave like you had a lot riding on your shoulders that day because you've got such a great reputation in the sport. You've rounded all these people up saying, come along and do this. And you totally put your faith in me to deliver something. And when I produced those tennis balls at the start, and there were a lot of faces going, uh, what's going on here? Well, for a start, that's not the sort of ball we normally use. What's going on? Um, yeah. But the, the whole structure of the class is based on warming the body up, preparing it for movement, preparing it for the, the specific type of movement that's ahead in the class. Uh, but also releasing the muscles and encouraging like increased range of movement at the joints. So we use a tennis ball for that. Uh, and we use the tennis ball in the same way that you would see somebody in the gym or at home using a foam roller. But going back to what I was saying about making it accessible, it's first of all costly to buy a huge batch of foam rollers. And if, again, you ask people to bring them along themselves, then there's a cost associated for that but a tennis ball is something like you know if you've got a dog you've got a tennis ball and um, everybody's got at home or if you were to buy them you know it, it's a cheap job job lot of tennis balls or eBay. so we use that in the same way as we use a foam roller and then we move into the main section of the class which is the conditioning work which is where we're doing the movements that replicate the sport and where we're working on cardiovascular and um, fitness as well so the the tennis balls were definitely i think the biggest surprise to everybody and i just think it was nice to see everybody going on and it's kind of an icebreaker when when people don't know what to expect there was, was a lot of giggling there was a lot of people going oh i've lost my tennis ball and like <laughs> things like that when they were sitting on it so that was interesting as well definitely and that was that was the big you know the the, the the best thing to come out of it for me because it was new to all of us and there was not one person walked out there sort of complaining that they'd been pushed too hard so to speak which which could have happened but because the way you set the class up that was never going to be the case because you know they do it to their own level and and it's so beneficial it was funny you know because after we did it you know I'd, I'd been down to a couple of events and, and get-togethers and I was talking about how I was we'd been doing this and this was something I really felt was important and I was like looked at like I had four heads it was like what on earth is he talking about fitness in balls blah 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 but then lo and behold what have we seen over the last year or two Mr Mackay yeah pausing and produced keep fit video and I tried it didn't laugh now didn't laugh I tried it and you know it's very hard to do star jumps I actually can't do a star jump <laughs> 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 actually in the video 
video. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because that's that's not something I would have necessarily thought to program no. into a into a workout of that nature because it doesn't really mimic the sport. Interesting. It'll definitely get your heart rate up though. Oh, I've done me sides. Just try to do one star jump in the garden. I come back in case a neighbour seen us. <laughs> I'm surprised you've got a room big enough. You're about seven foot twelve and about six foot wide. <laughs> you fit in a star jump. It was the full garden, you know. I had to wait. Till, I had to wait till the house was empty, and I snuck out in the garden. I says, "I'm going up." To so I took the I took the iPad out, put the video on. Right, she says, "Right now we're going to do star jumps." <laughs> yep. Yeah, go- oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sitting down now. <laughs> well, one one thing I would say about that straight away, and and you, you know, with what you've just said, bear in mind that balls fit is purely targeted to be completely diverse bear in mind what the age demographic of our sport is and we're looking to try and potentially extend people's sport and career in some respects and leisure leisure career etc to this type of thing will help them to to extend that don't particularly see a star jump as being particularly a good thing for a 70 or an 80 year old personally i don't know if that's a, 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 a bad um, thing to say or a good thing no, but it's... I mean, it, it wouldn't be in my top list of go-to exercises given the brief it, given the brief being it's got to appeal to all ages and also considering that you know some people might be carrying injuries some people joints might be like it's an exercise of that level of impact it might not be appropriate for their joints it might hips knees etc and um, and remember the balls is also a low impact sport like there's no jumping there's a lot of different movements in there and you can really break down those movements and make some great exercises for them but ultimately it's a sport that is low impact and low to moderate intensity and i think that's where you got it absolutely spot on and going forward with this it's sat dormant for a couple of years and then obviously we've had COVID as well for whatever reason but um without going too much into it then obviously the balls fit will be will be obviously coming back and i cannot wait to see richie on this tennis ball video and i'll put it on our website (laughs) oh thanks very much Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We'll get you fit. <laughs> oh, you're so hot. Oh, yeah. You've got to fight me sciatica first. <laughs> well, actually, interesting you say that. Um, tennis ball usage in the same way that you would use a foam holder can have benefits for sciatica. Yeah, it can do, yes. Definitely in the very near future, balls fit will be coming back into the into the limelight, so to speak. And we will hopefully be doing, you know, potentially some some classes again going forward. But um the, the main thing is I would just I think there's a lot of people out there who play our sport who who do very much associate fitness with it. But um anybody else anybody else who hasn't thought about it or think it's crazy then all I would certainly say is just um, give it a go when we when we get back up and running, and then then decide after that. But um, just but no, like I say, it's a, a fantastic thing, Katie, and it was a it was a really really great class, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting involved in it again in the future. I think coming out of the pandemic as well, and when like fitness classes can start taking place again. I actually think there are going to be more, even more people that are open to trying something new. For a lot of people I speak to, tried in lockdown, they've tried things that they would never have tried. Like they've done a an online yoga video, or they've they've been for a run or a walk. There's things that they wouldn't have otherwise done. And I also think that as that certainly feel that is, I feel that I've been robbed of an entire year of me of my life. So that when the world opens back up again, if somebody presents me with an opportunity to try something new, I'm just going to grab it with both hands and say, yes, why not? What's the worst that could happen? I have a nice time. Um, 
So I, I think there's going to be a lot of people with a very similar mentality that coming out of lockdown, either they've got into fitness, they've dabbled with a few things, got outside their comfort zone during lockdown, realise it's not the scariest thing in the world and you can find some amazing activities that you want to take part in. But also that people just realise that life's too short just to yeah. put yourself in one box and do the same thing over and over again. And why not try something new? Absolutely. And it's, you know, you touched on the equipment earlier on as well. And and basically the, the equipment will cost you no more than £10, isn't it, to, to do this um, Bowls Fit class as well. So it's very cheap to do. And the benefits are, are, are huge. You know, I was just going to touch on something with you, you know, when you mentioned your granddad. Did you look at your granddad and did you feel he had a better quality of life? It's not the right sort of phrase, but do you feel that balls actually benefited him in later life? Oh, 100%. Like he had, he met so many friends um, and he definitely kept himself active. That Yeah, I, I would say so. I know that, like, one of the reasons I got into fitness originally was... I saw like my mom teaches classes and I used to sit in the corner of her classes and, and watch that and I saw how people made friends in the social aspect of fitness which unfortunately I think in today's industry sometimes lost a little bit because there's kind of this big movement of everything has to be hard and fast and how many calories you can burn and and all that stuff which is great and that is still a part of the industry that I love but I do sometimes worry that the the social aspect of like specifically group fitness has at times been lost and I think classes like this are the perfect way to weave that social aspect back in because yes it was a class and yes everybody was following what I was doing at the front and there was you know instructions to follow etc but we had a laugh and lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds came together had a giggle together had a chat before the class had a chat afterwards, people were talking before, oh, I've never done this before, what can I expect? Have you done anything like this before? Blah, blah, blah. And at the end, you know, like you said, everybody's walking out like like a crab. And, <laughs> and everyone, you kind of bond over that experience that you've had together. So for me, to be able to see that that strong social aspect come, come into a class is really important because that's something that, is important in the world of fitness but also is a, like a big part of balls and yes going back to my granddad he, met, he made a lot of friends through playing balls he certainly kept himself like fit and active for me it ticks all the boxes I mean our heart wants about Sun and Council and the, the way we lost Crotary Leisure Centre for the indoor balls and they, they just people don't take on board the, the benefits that balls do bring to and a certain age group, you know, it gets them out the house. They're not looking at four walls. It keeps them mentally fit. You know what I mean? But talking to the the, the preacher here, I would do it. Yeah, and it's you're right. At the end of the day, it completely and utterly relates to the sport because you know it's like we were saying earlier on. You can do this sport as hard or as light as you particularly want to. You can use it as just a way to come down and meet people and just have a relaxing time and you know socialize. Gets people out of the house, which you've touched on there, Katie, coming out of COVID, mental health and isolation is going to be two of the biggest things that are, are going to have affected so many people during COVID. And that's without the poor families who have lost people with the with the disease to start with. So, you know, it's I think it's just a great way to get people together. As we said, completely diverse. Anybody can do it. Do it at your own pace. Meet new people. And I just think it is a great, it will be something great that will run along this sport that isn't going to keep, you know, it's not going to, 
cost you an arm and a leg to do. And I really look forward to hearing the responses. And, and this is where I was a little bit gutted that it it fell a little bit dormant. But there was, like I say, there was reasons for that. But the one things I remember is for all people were, you know, as we keep saying, walking out like a crab. <laughs> the next sentence was, when's the next one? And they just loved it and wanted to do it again. And that was people who probably haven't done fitness for, for God knows how long. So, you know, it's it'll open a lot of, you know, I, I, it will open a lot of people's eyes as to how hard it works you in a lot of respects, because you wouldn't relate that to balls. But then the flip side of that is, is what the benefits it brings to actually being able to play the sport and potentially play it for a lot longer as well, which I think is a is a fantastic thing. And I think we need to promote, you know, as high as we possibly can. So I really can't wait let's, um, till it all starts up again. So um, we will we will just say, watch that space on this one. And there'll be more from Katie later in the show. Right, man, and that theme tune is, of course, the world of sport. Signifies only one thing. Yes, the world of sport features survived another week, mate. It hasn't been furloughed. It hasn't been at. So here we are again. So I'll run the subjects past us, and we've got five minutes on the clock. No problem. First one up, Cheltenham Festival, mate. 12 months on, the rights and wrongs of last year's event going ahead. Positives out of it, it's got to be Rachel Blackmore, six winners, top jockey at the festival, and it's got to be classed as an inspiration to young ladies. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We, we Again, I think in the last one, we touched on Holly Doyle, what she's doing in the flat game. You know, I think the, the real great thing about Cheltenham this year was the, the goings on beforehand with, with Gordon Elliott, etc. That could have been talked about yes. constantly over and over at that festival. But what Rachel Blackmore did was, I think, took the attention away from that. And she is just fantastic. She is better than 95% of the male jockeys in this country. And it's fantastic to see her in a high-profile position within the sport. Whether you love the sport or whether you don't, a really, really positive thing. And we always sort of refer back to that conversation we had with Rishi Passad about the viewing figures for Bowles and racing and how Bowles was ahead of them in that game. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling that racing is going to be racing ahead because yeah. I think there's more and more people already starting to enjoy actually watching it. We move on to the boxing, mate. And finally, the um, the Fury-Joshua fight looks like it's been a great. I must admit, I was not one of uh, Fury's fans, but when he got up off the floor against Wilder, he, he won me over, mate. And I, I, I think he'd beat Joshua show myself I completely agree I think he'll win the fight comfortably to be honest yeah. with you and I'm not a massive boxing expert you know we'll, we'll touch on Fury and, and to be honest with you my initial impression of him was the same and, and I suppose a bit like Muhammad Ali when he was like copying in people's faces and saying I'm going to knock you out and some people love it some people don't yeah. I've got massive respect for where he was with his mental health you see the pictures of, of where he was with his weight and things like that and he's he's battled obviously those demons genuinely from the outside from my opinion look to me of very very nice guy you know he just seems like a, a genuine nice guy who you know likes to wind people up as you do in boxing but you can't knock him he, yeah. he's a fantastic boxer and he's silencing all of his doubters and I, and I, the kind of um, character that Bowles is lacking yeah I think I think he's the type of character that all sports need we talk about them a lot that, that's how sports thrive in a lot of respects having somebody who whether you like the sport or not if you if you can tune into that character you start to build a relationship and you start yeah. to maybe enjoy what you've never enjoyed before and 
snooker. How the world goes around, mate. Stephen Henry beat Jimmy White in four World Championship finals. Peak of their careers, the peak of the sport, and now they've been drawn against each other in the first qualifying round. Yeah. Unbelievable, mate. For us. So they've battled at the top of the sport, now they're battling at the basement of the sport. That's, it's fantastic. Again, you know, very similar to our sport. It just shows, shows that it's got longevity and Jimmy was renowned for skipping school and, and going and just playing snooker. And for me, without a doubt, the best player to have never won the World Championship in the sport. He was he was great to watch. A bit like Alex Higgins in a lot of respect. Just, just flair, wasn't he? I always remember my granddad talking about Alex Higgins and he just loved to watch him just because he was just... Just different Definitely character. A glass of whiskey in the fag hanging out his mouth. That's all I remember the early days. Yeah. So, he is a fruitcake at times. It was great to watch. Oh, it was great. And finally, moving on to football, mate. We've lost two two good ex-players. Peter Lorimer, Dirty Leeds, Hot Shot Lorimer. Hardest shot in the game, you might remember him. And Frankie Worthington. Now, he's talking of characters in sport. Frankie Worthington was a character, all right, mate. Both I was I was listening to the talk the other day and they were saying something about how he walked into the changing room wearing a pair of jeans, boots and a waistcoat or something. But then it, it showed you the clip of the goal that he scored where he was on the edge of the box and he flicked it over his head and turned and volleyed it in the bottom corner great and it it was a little bit before my time but I used to love football back then man when you know it was none of this it's just man mamby pamby stuff now you kind of touch anybody man it's like great it used to be great when I used to go to Roker Park back in the day and John Kay and Gary Bennett and all these used to just absolutely rip through the likes of Vinnie for all I wasn't in that era for me it seems as if there was less injuries back then because you weren't pulling out the tackles you were just going through with things and clattering people and the referee just used to play, play on, play on, get up, get up. I, I watched, I watched a clip, I watched a clip on Facebook where it was like years ago, and, and they were absolutely. I think it was, I think it was Wimbledon against Man United, and they were just <laughs> lashing each other to bits, and it was just like get on with it, and it was great, it was great to watch, and it was great entertainment. And now it's just like it's just monotonous football for me now. Like it's well, well, one of the brutal, brutal ever cup finals was uh, Chelsea and Leeds. The replay at Old Trafford. If if you can see highlights on that, mate, that was brutal. Chopper Harris, Jackie Charlton. Finally, speaking of Jackie Charlton, I don't know whether anybody's caught the documentary of him finding Jack Charlton. Um, I can highly recommend it. It's quite emotional to watch, but if if you've got a chance, watch it. Very very sad the way it went. And it's competition time, and thanks as always to our sponsors, Bowls is Bowls, Alex Marshall Sports, and Lean to Succeed. So, the question for the day, we've had Katie on the show, as you'll have, as you'll have heard. Simple one for you is, which BBC show did Katie appear on? Drop us your answer either by email on wrong.bias at hotmail.com, drop us a message on Facebook or Twitter, or you can... <laughs> Blooper. Or you can. Or you can just drop us a comment on the Facebook page. <laughs> how to get out of a hole. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Doesn't matter how many times you do it. <laughs> Another one. I'll leave that one in, actually, bugger. I'll leave that one in. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> And now we get the lowdown on The Apprentice and brace yourselves for a little bit of carpool karaoke as we catch up with Katie Bulmacook. All we're going to touch on now, Katie, it would be remiss of us not to just have a quick chat about your experience on The Apprentice uh, with Mr Sugar. Obviously, from our point of view, it was great to have somebody from the city taking part. It was nice to see somebody local. What was your overriding experience, would you say? 
like it's such a cliche thing to say because I feel like people always use this expression when they're describing things like this but it wasn't it was an emotional roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) it was the one of the most rewarding things I've ever done also one of the hardest things I've ever done and but I am so pleased I did it like despite the 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 con I don't think I'd ever really experienced what feels like to be really anxious before I did this when I describe it to people I say imagine you've been to work all day and you've had a really grueling day nothing's gone your way and everything was hard and it was it was a brutal day and you come home and what do you do you offload to your loved ones to the people you live with or you pick up the phone and and you speak to a friend or a colleague about it and you kind of dump all of that baggage from the day but with this you never get to offload you come home and then you share a bedroom with the people that you're head to head with you with your competition so you can't sit and say to them I found it really hard because you you don't want to show weakness or you're having the hardest working days you've ever had you're having minimal sleep and you never get to offload because you you don't bring home and stuff I couldn't bring my husband to be like sigh this was (laughs) the grimmest day of my life and he couldn't say anything to me to make me feel better so just built and built and built and built and as you get further on in the process it's more pressure you're getting closer to the end you think I can do this I really need to you know be keeping my eye on everyone else so the hardest but most rewarding experience because I learned so much and obviously I can imagine you know I think you've just touched on it there we just see the glorified is not the the right word but we just see the the key bits that they want to show so I can imagine there was so much going on that wasn't put out in the program behind the scenes and you know I can you know I can I can completely sort of understand how how grueling that must have been with regards obviously Alan Sugar did you did you have much interaction with with Alan Sugar or was it just that interaction in the boardroom it was literally with where Lord Sugar's concerned. What you see as a viewer is our experience as well. Obviously, we spend a bit longer in the boardroom than you see on television. Um, you see like well, 30 minutes, I think it is, of boardroom reality hours. But we we don't go and have a coffee with them afterwards. It's It's very much as is give you the task, go away, come back, face the music. And I remember like sitting in the boardroom and you wait for him to come in and you would hear his footsteps <laughs> coming a lot. Like it was like, deathly silent and you'd hear these footsteps come along. And just as soon as you heard it, like my stomach was just churning. And I remember I used to go, I used to breathe in and then go, you've got this, like just to try and calm myself down. And you're sitting there in all your, in all your best gear and then you've got all these lights on you and you're like dripping with sweat <laughs> under your clothes. Trying to like wipe your sweaty top lip and stuff like that. Thinking, God, millions of people are going to look like <laughs> Try not to look too grim. But yeah, he was very much, as you see, is very witty, very cutting at times. Um, but yeah, it totally as is. I watched yeah, the episode where you, you got fired and the boardroom was brutal, mind you. <laughs> I felt for you there as well, mind you. It was you. You were like a lamb between two two villains. <laughs> yeah, was... Awful, because you're like you get at that point, and I'm naturally a competitive person, yeah. as is everyone in that process. Otherwise, I, you, you wouldn't be doing it. And the fight in you 
I became such an argumentative person. And I mean, Dave knows me, I'm, I'm, I'm not that person by nature. And then coming out of the process and my mom just going, you would argue the toss on anything now. Like it, it took us a while after doing it. It didn't change me. I just, it had put us on high alert yeah. the whole time. So I remember my mom was getting some door handles fitted by a joiner in, in our house. And I'd gone round, I went, them door handles are not on. She went, it's all right. Like, you'll come back. I went, well, you want to get on the phone? You want to ring it? Like, <laughs> calm yourself down. It just, I'd worked myself up for all those weeks into a frenzy. And I'd, I would argue black was white. <laughs> you just wanted to go to that journey. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I wanted to pass that feeling on because it wasn't that. <laughs> Was was there much underhand skullduggery in amongst the contestants, sort of on any things that they did? Where was it sort of a dog eat dog type world where people would try and stamp on somebody else to get into a better position? Or yeah, I mean, there'd be a little bit of manipulating, trying to go on, like for people to get their own way on the task. I, I, to be honest, we all did that, um, me included. But. It was very much, a, you had to just take it for what it is because you have to work as a team if you want to win and survive. But then if you don't, you very quickly flip and you just throw each other under the bus. And yeah. then you go back and live with these people. <laughs> like it's the most yeah. screwed up setup, and, and it can really mess with your head. Now, I'm quite a, right, that's the way it is sort of person. But there were people that did take it personally. Like if you did throw someone under the bus, in the boardroom and then you went back to the house they'd be like in a little huffy and you think <laughs> this is this is as it is like tomorrow we really just need to get on because tomorrow we need to try and win again so yeah that was, that's, that's, the, that's the bit i must admit i always enjoy when they're all sitting in the house waiting to find out who's been fired and they're saying ah she's got no chance she's got she's rubbish she's rubbish and she walks in the wall <laughs> i knew it wouldn't be you <laughs> that's like oh where man crazy yeah Turn the other cheek there, love. <laughs> I'll tell you what's even worse, sitting in that calf. Oh, oh. that grumpy calf, eh? <laughs> do, you have to, do you have to pay for them tea and coffees, by the way? No, but I didn't drink any. I, I don't drink tea and coffee, so they just, just put water in a polystyrene cup for me. <laughs> it was remember, definitely a greasy spoon. Oh, it was deadly. I remember going to the toilet, and it was, it was outside, and it was in, like, a little... Shed. I mean, it was like going back to you know when like nanas and granddads oh. in the in the back got in the backyard. It was like that, and it was so narrow. I mean, I'm quite a small person, but I had to like reverse. And <laughs> you couldn't go in and turn round. It was so small, like this little shed. So when we lived in, I think it was something like an eleven million pound house. Um, it wasn't glamour all the time. Fantastic. And am I right in thinking it was Karen and Nick who were on at your for yours? Yeah, it was actually the last year that Nick did it. Now, I, I always watch, you know, I always found Nick was, you know, very dry and always sort of kept a bit of a pan face. But Karen Karen looks as if she can be very, very feisty, but you also see a bit of a soft side to her because she, she has a bit of a laugh now and again, which is which is quite nice to see. How did you find the two of them? Um, I found Nick's facial expressions, like, <laughs> so difficult to read. I, I remember doing a task. And I was like pottering on it was, it was some sort of making task. And at the corner of my eye, caught Nick pulling a face that can only be described as like as if it was something like a sour sweet. <laughs> like, you know, like when you <laughs> breathe in through pursed lips. And 
I thought, oh, goodness me, he thinks what I'm doing is really bad. <laughs> well, I then chew on it the whole time and think, oh, this is it. This is me for the chop now. And then in the boardroom, he, he says something like, and Katie had this wonderful idea. And I thought, <laughs> could have told your face that. And <laughs> um, I really liked him. I thought he was a lovely man. And then Karen, is she's a real champion of women in business yeah. and I felt like there was times when she had my back. She knew at the at the time I, I like Heidi was just Heidi was like three or four. And I think she has big respect for women or men who were trying to juggle a family and a business and that. I, I like that about her. Yeah. But I I was really pleased that I got to do it with Nick in the process, because for me, Nick's like he's the roots of the apprentice. So yeah. I wasn't about that. Yeah, I do. Um, I must admit, I do. I can't remember his name who replaced Nick, but he's he's a funny Claude. character as well. Because he, Claude, yeah, he, Claude seems he, he he seems to have his soft side and a bit of a laugh now and again. But by God, when you get to that interview stage, he is absolutely brutal. Were you, he's unbelievable. Were you pleased that you missed the interview stage, kid? Oh, like you do not believe. Like, I've never actually had an interview. The only time I've ever had an interview, yeah, doing that process, like, you know, all the auditions and stuff. So I'd never actually had a real life job interview before. And I just thought to myself, although I was gutted, I got fired like the week before. I thought, you've never had a job interview. <laughs> National television is perhaps not the best place to have you first. So I kind of got away with that and then got to go back for the final and help out. So... I feel like I've I, I got perhaps like I dodged a bullet there. Did you not go? How did the interviews go? How did it, were they all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just so pleased I didn't have to do one because I'm not sure how well I would have coped with that. I've got no, no experience well, of that at all. They, they do tear them to pieces. The business plans completely don't. <laughs> just... Yeah, savage, absolutely savage. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. I, I do. I do enjoy that bit. To be honest, I'm a little bit. Uh... I think I must be a bit of a sadist in that in that respect because I do quite like watching people getting absolutely torn to, torn to shreds, especially <laughs> yeah. the cocky ones, the ones who think they know it all. I think it's great. It, it is. I mean, I have to say, I watch it, and because I've been through the process and I know like what a, a day in the life on the show is, I feel nervous for people when I watch it now. Yes, yeah. See them walking into the boardroom, and I kind of I relive that feeling. It's about like it's a bit like when I watch athletics on the telly, like because I used to run. I, I, when people are getting in starting blocks and stuff, I get the same feeling. Yeah, watching it on telly. Definitely. Do you yeah. think when he when you hand in your business plans at the start, he looks at them and he's got a, a, a rough idea of right, that's something that I fancy, and it it sort of like makes the process go on when there's people possibly their business plans. He, he's got no intention of doing the doing the business plans. We're we're told that he only ever has the headline of what your business plan is. Right. Like, summarized in a couple of sentences until it's time for them to be more closely right. looked at so I, i'm not really sure that's what we're told the whole time so i'm going to, I'm going to assume that's right and i can only presume as well that he's, he's very much if that is the case it's all about looking to buy into the person not just you know you could have the you'd have the best idea in the world but if you're absolutely rubbish at at um you know carrying it out and that isn't, that isn't going to be an interest for him. So it's got to be a complete complete package. And I, and I think one of his businesses, I'm sure, sure my wife is, um, she she does a, is a Tropic. I think one of the girls who oh, won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Le- Leanne absolutely loves Tropic, and you know she's got a lot of our friends using it now. So it's obviously 
you know, it's, he does well out of um, out of the program. And before Davy oh, winds up, three words I'm going to say to you, Katie. Let's just see the reaction, Davy, from three, these three words: station taxis and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw it the other day. I sat about it was good. I have to question. He took you the long way to the bridges, I think. Oh, I definitely bumped the fair up on that one. Good old oh. What a laugh that was. If anybody's wondering what on earth we're talking about, um, I worked with station taxis on a concept called Cab Pool Karaoke, a bit like James Corden's Car Pool Karaoke. In the got, um, local people to be in the taxi and do some singing and I may or may not have sang a few step songs in the front of it. Tragedy. Yeah, it was a, that is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, I'm not a good singer. <laughs> I think there were taxi drivers' ears were bleeding by the end of it. Brace yourself, Katie. I couldn't resist it. Oh, you've got the moves, mate, haven't you? I've got the moves, but I haven't got the voice. Oh, I think you're lush. Fantastic. Class. Um, so, Katie, thanks so much. It's it's an absolute, honestly, it's it's great to have you as a friend. But I think from, from a Bulls perspective, I think what you've done and, and, you know, what you've created, I think the sport is very lucky to have somebody like you who was, you know, bought into to what we talked about. And as we've said, watch this space going forward. And... All I can do is thank you so much, firstly, for coming on the podcast and for all your help with what we've done in the past as well. Thank you for asking us. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Kit. Best of luck. Thank you. Take care, Kelly. Well, mate, before we go, um, it would be remiss of us not to remind everybody about uh, Bowls England's Big Bowls Weekend coming up on Friday the 28th of April to the 31st of May, mate. It is, and um, yeah, that's a, it's a national drive across the governing bodies to, to obviously try to introduce people to the sport. There's also another website, www.backtobowls.co.uk, if any clubs want to, to check that out. It basically offers a, a lot of resources with regards to COVID signage, etc., etc., that they can, they can purchase if needed for the club. And it was um, a great little chat with Katie, really lovely person. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she is. She's great. And as I, I'll just reiterate again, I, you know, what we're doing you just you just kind of ignore people like that who were there to support the sport yeah. and and you know regardless of how she's come in and, and done it um through through obviously a recommendation but the fact that she's gone away and created a class specific to our sport and to help people within the sport and potentially outside of the sport who yeah. you know somewhere along the mind might might just attract them to come along and try you just kind of value that type of thing so uh much appreciation for her yeah. coming on and, and all of the work that she's done for me in the past yeah. i know boys england's uh national championships is still got the green light but it was interesting to see about a couple of weeks ago I think it might be where Bowls Scotland cancelled their national championships was it a bit yeah, I mean it's, it's a bit of a mixed reaction I've seen on Facebook well I think primarily a lot of people are sort of in favour of it and they've said it's yeah. probably the right choice and I think from their point of view they don't work the same as within England I'm sure it's their club champions that actually qualify for the national finals isn't it right. so you know I think the structure probably because of the delay in the start of the season would 
wouldn't uh, and theirs are always a lot earlier than ours as well aren't they it's usually in June I think or July yeah, I think it is yeah. uh, maybe July sorry before hours because um, I think the tent uh, you know the those who were in the tents sort of travel down to Leamington after that but um, yeah yeah I've, I've got no doubt it won't have been a, a decision that was made lightly it's obviously been made in the benefit of the whole situation and whether you like it or whether you don't it is the decision roll on next season for them where hopefully you know we have, we've been a year in once before and said by that time we'll I think we can be confident in saying that by next season we'll be backfiring or all yeah. and no doubt as the season progresses mate we'll find out how hard the sport has been hit club wise my, one of my pet hate is two clubs in one grain share a grain one club goes under and the members don't join the other club they just go somewhere else it's old rivalries mate will that kill the sport it's, it's ridiculous mate it, it's you know I'll be on my soapbox again on this and it, it just the question's got to be raised what is the what is the incentive is it to have a good team or is it have a good club, club because yeah. the only reason you would not join forces with another club that's is either because the, the, maybe not the best team in the world we're not going to do much but it's going to going to save the club it's like yeah. well, what's 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 the most important thing here and, and oh man, it just it, it frustrates me when I when I see people saying it's it's a sad shame and you can't believe but there is so much that can be done I'm sorry but yeah. you know you know my feelings on this there there is so much support out there the governing bodies there to be able to pick the phone up and say you know, we've found ourselves in this position. Can you give us some recommendations of what we can do? As always, you know, when, when you see when you see the clubs in question, it's not like they're in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody lives there. They're in massive suburb areas with loads and loads of people. But then there's not a sign up in the whole of the club to tell you that there's a bowls club there and what time it's open and how much it costs and can I come on the green and try the sport for the first time? And honestly, it just how many drives... how many clubs around the country? It'll be a decent question for people. How many clubs around the country have actually got to sign up to say yeah we're open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for my club hasn't we ain't got one and we're in a public park as well and this is this is you know what we discussed with a lot of the clubs and you know it's the promotion and awareness of our support and our clubs is the only reason why clubs haven't got membership and yeah. when people come out and turn around and say it's a dying sport you know the, we're losing numbers no, we're not. We're just not. If if people don't know about it, nobody's going to turn around no. and you know. If DFS didn't put the sale on for the furniture that they've had on for the last 145 years, closing down people, sale. <laughs> people ain't going to turn up to DFS. But the reason they do it is because people know they're going to get there and get a cheap because there's always a sale on. If you don't make people aware that your club is there, people are not going to look into your diary. They're not going to look on the internet and go balls club. One in one in a thousand people might look on the internet and go, oh, I might I, I might fancy going and trying to game of balls apart from that you've got to put it in people's faces you've got to sell the benefits you've got to sell what the club does and you've got to do something different to attract people to the sport so this whole thing about the sports dying no it's not it's just people unfortunately i completely appreciate the fact that many clubs are volunteer based but it does not take a lot to think outside you know what has been the norm for so many years and do things differently to attract a different audience to the club and until clubs realize this we will continue to see clubs disappear and the sad part is, like I say, they don't think about the overall effect that that might have on members who have been there for years, closing the door behind them and saying, that's it, the club's gone. Pick the phone up and get some advice. You know, we've we've had, if, if clubs are lost, then there might be the case of where, you know, people might have been lost through illness or want to do different things. It's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's it's very simple, basic things. It's the simple things, Davey, mate, isn't it? It's the simple things that don't get done. Would you walk into a shop if there wasn't a sign outside of the shop telling you what it did? No, of course you wouldn't. 
point, you, you might have a quick look in the window, but you probably, most of the people would walk straight past it. So what's the thought of people, because of the perception of the sport that it's a bit elitist and it's yeah. the blazers and ties, we kind of get away from that. But what no. we can do is improve it yeah. and start to let people know that why don't you come along and have a free session and just try balls and, you know, give it a give it a bash. If you don't like it, you've lost nothing because it costs you nothing and I'll give you the equipment to try. Craggy, what more could you want? Yeah. And if we did that to more people, you would see that numbers would start to rise in the sport. It is it is very simple as that. And, you know, you're, you're right exactly what you said, Richie. It is simple things that people just try to make more complicated than what it actually is. Well, there you go. Getting them on his soapbox. He's now off his soapbox. The tables across the room, the microphones through the through the TV screen. I was having a good night up until that point. He's still his copy of Woman's Weekly over the other side of the bedroom, <laughs> I can tell you, folks. He's getting that, he's getting that frustrated. <laughs> anyway, there's another one over, mate. Show 30. We hope yes, you enjoy yes. it, folks. Stay safe. Watch what you're doing. Enjoy yourselves back on the green, and we will be back for show 31. Thanks, all. Take care, all. Thank you for listening, and hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a dodgy production.